Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Earlier on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. All right, welcome in. It's a Wednesday broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. Fellas, a good morning to you, Indiana basketball. It wasn't easy last night. Uh, they got the win. Colts back in action on Sunday. They'll be leaving on a red eye tomorrow. Pacers in action on a doubleheader coming up tonight. We're feeling good. We all have shorts on. Mark, do you have shorts on? Me and KB sporting the shorts in 55-degree weather. That's my man over there. KB, a very good morning to you. How are you? Yeah, there's something about the... um the weather, you know, I always feel this way. Like the first fifty degree day in the fall, it's like everyone's wearing a parka. The first fifty degree day in the spring, everyone's in shorts. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah. But now this is one of those days where it's like, wait, is this it? Is this the last one? Is this the last 70 degree day for many, many months? It could be. So I'm going to enjoy it. Not for my cold, dead hands will they take these shorts from me. How about that? I I don't know if you are in the boat right now because sleep schedule for little gas is probably just, you know, throw a dart at a dartboard and see what happens. Mark, the Bowens are struggling with daylight savings time. Oh, Oh, I believe it. Oh, boy. I believe it. Is this a dad dilemma? We do have the open. Maybe we should get that ready because I may have one later on for you guys. parents hate daylight savings time. Yeah. Particularly the fall back because you know Max Bowen is wired oh. to right now. He's usually like a six thirty ish arrival uh, in the mornings. It is five thirty right on cue every bleeping day this. So week. what do you do? I'm I'm, I'm asking because yeah, I don't know. I'm asking what do you do then? Because usually I like to do you know, like a little bit of morning show prep, and now sure. it's just kind of like, well, here I am, semi half assing it. So apologize to the listeners. Apologize. <laughs> To you as well. You're like Malik Renu trying to rebound last yeah, night. You have one rebound last night. I'm uh, kidding. Hopefully I'm not Indiana I'm for, the, for the first 30 minutes. Maybe I'm Indiana Well, what do you do? Let me, let me ask you, what do you do then? How do you get the kids back yeah. on schedule? Is there a book that I need to get from Amazon or something like that? No, we books did, don't help you. <laughs> we did just wake him up the other day, and then today it was like, you got to let him oh. just cry it out and just oh. hope that by the end of the weekend or the end of the week, he's back to normal there. Poor so guy. as Andy Sweeney said, it is supposed to be a very nice day here in Indianapolis, mid-70s. Hopefully you can go do something enjoy outside. that. It'll be a walkthrough for the Colts on this Wednesday. Again, they are off to Germany tomorrow after their, I guess, first official practice of the week pacers in jazz inside of gamebridge fieldhouse and indeed some sweaty moments inside of assembly hall last night for about 30 minutes you know there are some times andy where i'll watch a game i'll have a thought and then i'm curious when you hear from a rick carlisle shane steichen mike woodson matt painter you know insert the coaches that we talk about a whole lot on the show i'm curious you know what they Think of a game, view a game, especially opening nights. You know, I feel like opening nights, it can kind of be tricky to pinpoint exactly specific takeaways from it. And I'm sitting there watching the game last night, and I'm thinking to myself, damn, they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. A lot of work to do. And and part of me thought, you know what, that's a bit of the expectation. I mean, there's so many new faces. It's a a very new-look roster. And sure enough, Mike Woodson... And I think Mike usually is on the you know a little bit more the candid side of coaches. Uh, in that post game press conference, uh, he used the pronoun "I." I've got a lot of work to do, and he could not be more right. Both sides of the floor, they've got a lot of work to do moving forward. And honestly, it's crazy to think that they are borderline fortunate that Isaiah Tom Thompson did not play in that game last night, or else we could be talking about Indiana in the same light that you know Michigan State and whatever radio shows up there are talking about them losing to James Madison. Yeah, I wouldn't even say borderline. I, I would say they're fortunate. I mean, Florida Gulf Coast into the last what five six minutes was getting routinely better shots than Indiana was running better offense was running better stuff you know like with Anthony let's go 
right, let's go to Anthony Richardson for a second. I'll bring them both together. You know, with Anthony Richardson, no matter what happened this year, you, you kind of felt like, and even when he was healthy, we kind of felt like, KB, that the starting off point for him was maybe further along than what we thought, right? I think that was fair analysis. It doesn't mean he, you know, maybe he would have had as good of a year as C.J. Stroud or fill in the blank of other guys who have taken the league by storm, but you felt like he wasn't, he looked like he belonged out there, right? Indiana, last night watching them, I thought they were a little bit behind uh, from what I thought they were going to be, which, which I guess should have been expected just with the amount of new faces. And then even, you know, I know you like Malik Renew, you know, you know, it's one of those times the, where the, he wasn't relied on a ton last season, right? I mean, they had other guys. You know, he was a lot of times fourth option, fifth option, sixth option, off the bench, whatever it may be. And now he's a starter, and he played 31 minutes last night. And if he gets in foul trouble, if he doesn't grab rebounds, etc., etc., it's a big deal. I mean, Khalil Ware played at Oregon last year, uh, and he was great. You know, I, he was he was damn good last night. Yeah, I thought but, Ware and Gabe Cups were yeah, the best players. Yeah, well, and then we get to the Cups family. And, you know, Gabe Cups, who I didn't know anything about. I didn't know he basically mimicked. I mean, he looked like Jordan Halls out there. I mean, let's just say I know it's like the white Indiana basketball player thing, but he looked like Jordan Halls. But I don't know. I put out a tweet last night because Indiana fans obsessed with Gabe Cups. Kentucky fans obsessed with Reed Shepard, okay? And so I put up a tweet last night of the of the gang members who came together and lifted their arms like politicians in the air, and I got a retweet. Was that Hogsett and Shreve last well, night? Or I, no? <laughs> I don't believe it was. I, I got a retweet and a like from, I think it's like Abby Cups. I believe that's Gabe Cups's oh, sister, nice. I, I'm assuming. Okay, that's Gabe Cups' sister. Unless he's already married well, and she's taking his name when he's, you know, 18, 19. And then I got to be someplace in the Midwest well, that would be allowed. But <laughs> I think so. And I don't then, know if rural Ohio or wherever I don't think that's the case. And then I got a like from Gabe Cups himself. Oh, look at that. So uh, I am making inroads with the Cups family. We'll Gabe Cups on the show tomorrow. Uh, after like. just 19 minutes of playing in Bloomington last night, night your boy here is making some inroads but they went small and it worked for game well, one you know? you know how about the freshman that spearheads the charge to get them back in the game is McKenzie and Baco on the bench and it's Gabe Cups on the floor right you know who, who would have thought that entering the night and I do think that's stuff that you know Mike Woodson can certainly explore with moving Xavier Johnson off the ball a little bit and again Khalil Ware and part of it is just his sheer size against a mid-major team um, but, you know, he, he really stuffed the stat line in a variety of ways. Um, I thought he was very good last night. And then again, I thought Cups was important. And when you needed buckets, I mean, the first bucket of the second half, who'd they go to? Renew. They're down six. They take the timeout. Who do they go to? It's Renew again. Galloway, their most consistent score. I said it to you yesterday, Andy, the starting five to me is such a wild group of five in that they all, I think, have some very different individual mindsets. Khalil Ware and Mackenzie Mbako, their plan is one year in lottery. That's what they're thinking. Uh, Galloway and Renew are college basketball players. Probably four-year guys, at least three-year guys, and I would argue they're the most consistent. And then Xavier Johnson, moments last night where he was very, very important, and then other moments where you get good Lance and you get bad Lance. So, you know, how Mike Woodson handles this, they need certainly more out of their bench. I thought Anthony Walker, a transfer from Miami, a bit of a liability. Again, those sophomores and Caleb Banks and C.J. Gunn, so... Uh, a little bit of survive in advance, I guess, if you will, from Indiana. Uh, again, a week from Monday, it'll be UConn, uh, and then uh, I think it's Army later this weekend. So uh, 69-63 the final. They were down 6 with 10 to go. Mike Woodson takes a timeout. They go on a 14-0 run after that. Issues handling the press, actually, in the final minute. Florida Golf goes out of 3 to tie it from in front of their bench. They, oh, they were that. fortunate. And uh, Indiana was able to survive that one. They were they were fortunate, KB, and they're like the antithesis of the Pacers. You know, the Pacers tonight, you would imagine they play well enough to where you don't have to play Halliburton or some of these guys' big-time minutes. That second unit's going to be so valuable in games for the Pacers. Uh, the second unit in the first half 
for Mike Woodson and company last night was not very good. <laughs> it just wasn't very good. When you had Banks, Walker, and CJ got on the, on the floor along with Ware, who was a starter, you're looking around like, who's exactly going to score on this lineup? Yeah, and who's going to put the ball in the bucket? You know, again, to me, Gunn and Banks are just such critical guys for the immediacy and a little bit of the future. It's like you can't just portal it every year. You know, you need some guys that internally you do develop and they become key players for you. So I think those two will be, you know, guys to watch. But uh, certainly Mike Woodson spot on last night with I've got a lot of work to do. And again, there's an element of that's to be expected with so many new faces, but uh, down six to a mid-major program without their best player with 10 minutes to go. Certainly not how I saw that opener going last night. Uh, as Andy said, it'll be Pacers and Jazz tonight. It is a back-to-back with the Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday. You know, when Rick Carlisle's been with us here each of the last couple Tuesdays, he's mentioned you got to get off to a good start. The schedule kind of indicates that. Home to the Wizards, home to the Bulls, home to the Spurs, home to the Jazz, that's within this first kind of nine games, seven of their first nine at home. Andy, anything less than three and one in those four would be a disappointment. You obviously already lost to the Bulls. You won the other two. Just take care of business tonight. Take care of business tonight, and then you play with a little bit of house money tomorrow. I still look at tomorrow night and think Milwaukee's on a back-to-back. You know That should be a game that you are having a chance to win, in my opinion. Uh, but tonight, just take care of Take care of business before uh, you take on Milwaukee tomorrow and then two with Philadelphia coming up Sunday and Tuesday. Yeah, and like I wonder if Dame Lillard, like, is this one of those where they sit him? They, Are they it, national television tonight? Uh, no, it, uh, da, 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 I don't believe so. No, who? But Milwaukee? tomorrow is NBA TV. Yeah, it's I, NBA like, TV. What, what qualifies P- Pacers, as the resting? Pacers Bucks is NBA TV. So does that qualify as hey, so they you're on national TV? So if anything, they would rest tonight and be ready for right. tomorrow. Right, and Milwaukee has the Pistons tonight. Okay, interesting. Yeah, they yeah, they, they I, Detroit tonight. I mean, in all seriousness, I know how weird it sounds. I think that would be something to keep an eye on. <laughs> well, I, I just think of, I just tonight. think of him because he's played so few games the last two or three seasons, right? And you're talking about a guy sure. that you would keep healthy. It well, would be him. I'd throw Middleton into that, you know, mix. Just I know sure. he's not Damian Lillard or Giannis, but you know, he obviously has been dealing with some injury stuff. So, a uh, seven o'clock tip from inside of. Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Uh, again, Stephen Holder, 8 o'clock. Zach Kiefer at 9. Zach was over in Germany uh, for the Chiefs-Dolphins game. So uh, just c- I'm going to enjoy that conversation, you know, more from a what was that experience like, you know, stadium, fans, Frankfurt, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we'll chat with Zach coming up at 9, and I, I guess we could ask either of them about Carson Wentz finding a new home. <laughs> Good for him. I did I'm not sure have the Rams fantastic. on my bingo card for Carson Wentz. Is he going to be able to turkey hunt out in L.A.? Are there any good places to find yeah. some good game out and there? Burbank's in Los got a lot of game. <laughs> Too much smog. Yeah. The smog keeps them down. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to Holder. Now he's uh, going to be the backup, there. right? Carson Wentz is the backup to Matthew Stafford after the bye. That's what all it indications looks, it point It looks to. like that's the case, which means the chance of him getting a little bit of NFL run is... Is definitely a possibility, is it not? I mean, Stafford's already missed time. You know, at any point, Matthew Stafford could be out a couple weeks. So, if you're Carson Wentz, you're probably going anywhere. It's better than going to, like, the Bears or the Giants right now. So, yeah, go out in L.A. Yeah, I I just... Him in the L.A. market. It's funny. Yeah, it is humorous (laughs) to me. Um, And honestly, it's a little bit of humor seeing him with Stafford. We can get more into this a little bit later. But, Andy, when you think back to a couple off-seasons ago... Those were the two guys. Those were the two quarterbacks most prominently talked about early in that 2021 offseason. And Chris Bauer was not a Matthew Stafford guy. And obviously the Stafford price tag was a little bit richer. Uh, I don't think it was absurdly rich when you compared it to the Wentz one. I believe it was just one more first-round pick. Uh, And obviously the Rams got what they wanted. And they got the Super Bowl out of it. Uh, That always puzzled me how... You know, Ballard was not a Stafford guy, and the Colts were so content with uh, with Carson Wentz. Uh, and now, here they are, both of them, <laughs> playing for the Rams uh, in 2023. So, uh, certainly an interesting roster move yesterday from the NFL.
I guess we saw no wideout move, right, for the Colts? Nothing Sammy Watkins? No, right? nothing Sammy Watkins. I mean, you're kind of back against the wall, right, going out of going out of the country, are you not? You're back against the wall. Things I want to talk about today, ESPN had their weekly predictor. What kind of percentage chance do the Colts have of making the postseason? And then a couple different things. You know, I've been Operation 5-5, five and five, get to the bye week, and then, you know, some winnable games, Tampa Bay, get ready for them, have a good chance against them. They'll be coming off a difficult game in San Francisco. I have a what if as it pertains to the Colts uh, and, you know, it has to go back to a painful, painful game against Cleveland. And then, you know, the ESPN predictor has right now the Colts actually KB winning eight games. If they went eight and nine, what would that mean? What kind of spin uh, could we have over the entire offseason? And then I don't know if you saw the news yesterday. Will Levis gets the nod there with the Tennessee Titans. The AFC South, the Colts needing to have their bleep together even more because the AFC South, some of these teams are making some moves and the next wave of quarterback might be here and I find that interesting as well. Yeah, we talked about it after the draft. I've always labeled it the true TV division of all the uh, divisions. Uh, that's no longer. I mean, you have some intrigue. Now people actually want to watch the Titans and the Texans and when the Colts had Anthony Richardson, they certainly uh, were appointment viewing as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely this division starting to turn a corner, and the Colts will see Will Levis here in less than a month, and that means we put mayo in our coffee that week. Yep, yep. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. I'll have to do it. You Plop guys it have done it. I have not done it, but you guys have, and so if I'm going to be a part of the team, I'll have to go through this initiation. Uh, there Kevin are did, worse initiations than this. Kevin did two <laughs> cups, didn't you? Didn't you do it twice? I, you liked it then. I had two plops. So you liked plops. it? So you kind of liked it? Um... It was a little bit chunkier than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, the chunkiness. Very cur- curdling, very quickly. Yeah, it turned. Ooh. It turned fast. Yeah, Ooh. it would rise to the top. <laughs> you guys are really, very, very. You guys quickly. are really selling it to me. Yeah, that'll be stu- coming up here. What a stupid thing for Levis to do to get his name out there. It's not a great mess. In less Ooh. than a month. Ooh. Good Wednesday morning to you again. Supposed to be a gorgeous day here in Indianapolis. Certainly enjoy it if you can. I am Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton with us as always. Thank you for tuning in to the wake up call. KB and Andy right here on 93.5-1075 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Eight o'clock hour, hanging out with you, KB and Andy, Mark Dyton as well. Drivehubler.com studios reminder tonight, back to back for the Pacers. Game one of that back to back, Pacers and Jazz, uh, right down the street at Gamebridge, 6 30. Our coverage beginning on the fan, the Colts back in action. That's going to be an early wake up call for, for the boys, 6 30. Our coverage here on the fan, kickoff, 9 30 over there in Germany. And to talk about that and other news and notes happening with the Colts, it's Stephen Holder from ESPN, ESPN.com, joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Stephen, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Uh, we're doing fantastic here. I guess let's go backwards before we go to the game against the Patriots on Sunday. Uh, I guess for you, what was the bigger takeaway? Was it the defense, uh, Buckner, Kenny Moore having such nice games, or was it the fact that the offense had under 200 total yards that you took away from the win over Carolina on Saturday, or excuse me, on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a weird game. I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> it depends on if you're a half full or half uh, empty kind of person, I guess. Um, I, I'll start with, though. Look, that, those were really dynamic performances by both two guys that you mentioned, uh, Kenny Moore and DeForest Buckner. I mean, with Kenny Moore, what I loved about it was I, I actually think he's quietly had a very good season. But if you've only kind of half paid attention, you might not have noticed that. 
honestly, we've talked a lot about the corners being terrible. And so I, I would understand why people might not have that impression, but he really has had a good season. What he hasn't had is the big plays. And so that was finally, I think, the, the, the full picture. You know, Kenny Moore being good in coverage and, and impacting the game, but also uh, doing it in a very obvious and, and a grand fashion you know, with actual two touchdowns. So, so that was good to see. It was a payoff for him. And, I, you know, happy for him. It's a contract here for him, too. So maybe he's making himself some money here, by the way. And then I would mention the Forrest Buckner also not quietly, I guess, having a very good season, by the way, <laughs> because he is week after week after week just he's killing people. I mean, if people aren't watching this guy, they really have to pay attention. He is destroying people on a weekly basis, despite being in the top 10 in the NFL in double teams, which I checked this week. So anyway, he's special. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he had a key pressure there on the first interception for Kenny Moore as well and kind of getting that interior of the pocket pushed into Bryce Young. Again, Stephen Holder with us here from ESPN.com. Stephen, one more from me uh, based off last week's game, and that would be the offensive performance, particularly after halftime. You know, it seems like in a way Shane Steichen and even Jim Bob Cooter yesterday have both said, like, you know, we kind of called the game knowing that we didn't really need to do much more, and I'm paraphrasing (laughs) there. I'm thinking to myself, you know, if Kenny Moore drops that pick, let's say he drops the second (laughs) interception, Carolina makes that a one possession game. It's either twenty to thirteen or twenty seventeen. And oh boy, I mean it is game pressure galore. It almost seems like I, I don't know, like the offense is being let off the hook a little bit. And I'm like, I mean, shouldn't there be an element of you step on their throat when you get the opportunity to? Yeah, I I would say I would agree with you. I, you know, I, I don't know that they I don't know that they uh were ever in jeopardy of losing, but but I agree. I, I think it's funny because there have been some times this year where Shane Steichen has been, I thought, maybe even overly aggressive. <laughs> you know, and, and they're, I would say they, they did take their foot off the, the pedal. I would say that's true. Um, part of it, I wonder, I wonder, part of it is maybe Steichen is just trying to, to not put his quarterback in difficult situations. And, you know, we went through this before a couple years ago with, with Carson Wentz, you know, to be completely honest, where there were times Frank Reich was calling the game completely out of character for him. And why was he doing that? Because he was afraid of his quarterback screwing things up. And so that's kind of a really unfortunate reality, but but I think there's there may be some of that here. No one said that, certainly not, not Shane Steichen, but, but that's something that I've wondered watching these, these games. I mean, what they have done, in, in playing this way is, you know, Steichen has, and, and Gardner Minshew, they've cut down on the turnovers. That's for sure. So there's that. So maybe it all sort of evens out in the end. I mean, I've looked at it. When they when they do lose the turnover battle, their, their results have been very poor. Um, they've had the upper hand when they have won the turnover battle. So I don't know. Uh, there may be some of that at play here. Again, Stephen Holder with us here from ESPN. Stephen, we saw Sammy Watkins work out for the Colts earlier in the week. We also saw Josh Downs uh, exit early with a knee injury against Carolina. He was a little banged up last week. We saw him with a knee injury in the offseason. He actually missed a good amount of time there in the spring um, with a knee injury. Uh, Do you make anything of any sort of correlation between a Watkins workout, I think there was another receiver involved in that workout, and the injury situation with Josh Downs? I think you have to connect some dots there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he was struggling with this coming into the game. It, it certainly didn't get better. It got worse because he couldn't finish the game. So uh, you have to have a concern there. And then really even beyond that, uh, they have been concerned about depth at wide receiver, uh, even without Josh Downs injury. You know, they, they have been one injury away at that position of uh, being in a really tough spot in my in my opinion, uh, they were able to get by in this game, you know, with Isaiah McKenzie being your your fourth guy. Uh, but you know, they're in a situation where I mean, guys can't even really take much of a break, <laughs> you know, because they don't have any depth. I mean, they they would normally, I, I think, if if a guy like you know Aston Doolin or so, you know, maybe was healthy, 
you might see a little more rotation at wide receiver, you know, but particularly when it's uh, certain routes that, that fit certain guys and, and certain matchups and that kind of thing. They can't even do that right now because they basically have been playing with three receivers, and that's it. And that's basically all they've played with for, for the majority of this season. Uh, that is a tough way to live, and it, it gives you no margin for error or injury. So I, I think even if Josh Downs is 100%, they probably should be looking. Well, think about this, Stephen, and Stephen Holder with us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Downs is dealing with an injury. You know, McKenzie had the fumble, but McKenzie hasn't done much anyway. Right? We talk about the offense. I think he had two catches, 12 yards on Sunday. And we forget Michael Pittman, Stephen, took that massive hit and came right back into the game. I mean, most right. of the time you'd see a guy exit the field there for an extended period of, uh, of the time or not come back. And that's not the first time Pittman's taken a massive hit this season. And Alec Pierce plays a lot of snaps but never gets targets or catches the ball at all. Their wide receiver position is confusing to me. It really is. Yeah, well, thank goodness, as you said, for, for Michael Pittman's yeah. toughness. and Or maybe it's just luck, honestly, because I thought for sure uh, he might have a, a concussion there or at least symptoms of a concussion. They did check him, to be clear, and, and he was cleared. So apparently uh, he was all right to go. But, yeah, they dodged the bullet for sure. And, you know, they could have been in a tough spot. Let's say, God forbid, let's say that was a concussion. Um I mean, think about that. You know, with Downs hurt, and then, and then an issue with Michael Pittman. I mean, they would be. I mean, most teams would be in trouble if if your top two receivers were hurt. Don't get me wrong, but they don't even have the ability to to even like put competent players on the field without with that situation. So I don't know. I, I just think it's it's a really tough spot at that position right now, and I I can see why they're looking, and I think they should be looking. Again, every snap played for Alec Pierce on Sunday and no catches. Stephen Holder is with us here from ESPN. Stephen, I guess we're kind of at the midway point of the season, You know, maybe just past it if you want to get technical. Two guys on rookie contracts that play critical positions that I wanted to keep an eye on entering this year. One Bernard Ryman, one Quiddy Pay. I'd say my confidence level on Ryman at left tackle moving forward is about in solid eight. I, I, I really feel like um, the second year has gone well for him. Obviously, Miles Garrett and Josh Allen have made a couple plays. They also make a couple plays against a lot of team or a lot of tackles in the league. My Quiddy Pay confidence level is not at an eight. How would you view those two as they both enter kind of critical junctures of their careers at left tackle and edge rusher? Yeah, I agree. It was a big year for both of those guys, or is a big year for both those guys. Uh, I think Raymond. I'll start with him. I I like what I've seen. I mean. To get a, a left tackle who looks competent in the third round, that's a win. That just is. And and I know, you know, we, we can talk a lot about Chris Ballard and and we have and we will. <laughs> but <laughs> we will but I do think I will give him credit. Like that has worked out and and I know it wasn't perfect. Last year was rough, okay, let's be honest. Last year was rough. But I mean, how many how many really productive left uh, rookie left tackles have you even seen? Right. I mean, come on. Right? And they so, knew that drafting him. I mean, he only played tackle for two years at Central Michigan. Right. It was a complete, you know, sort of roll of the dice, and and it wasn't – last year was not going to tell us much. This was always, I thought, the, the year that would be the telltale on Bernard Raymond, and I like what I've seen. I, I think he's your left tackle. And if he is your left tackle for the next five years, I think everybody in that building's fine with it. So that's a, that's a great thing to be able to say because that's a, a position that was unstable just for about, what, two or three years, and that was a rough couple of years. So that's good. Now, could he pay? Um, it's a different story, as you said. I, I think with Quiddy, it's not so much that he's a bad player. He's not a bad player. In fact, he does make plays. The problem is the plays are intermittent, and that's my issue. And, and like we talked about last week, it's also about how you view him. If you, if you want him to be, you know, sort of this bendy sort of uh, freak, uh, you know, rushing uh, uh, defensive end, well, he's probably not that guy. Now, if you're judging him by that standard, then, he, then he's failed. If you're judging him by the standard of being a guy who's a really solid guy and, and setting the edge, and, and being good against the run, oh, well, yeah, he's done that. He's also brought some pass rush, too. I will give him that. But, but I, I just think that's not 
something that he does on a regular basis. And and it's also not what they're asking him to do. Um, he's not the featured pass rusher in this defense, which probably suggests they don't think he can be that, which is not a great thing. So, anyway, I guess it's a long way of saying he's a good, not great player. And I think when you talk about a first-rounder, you're looking for you're looking for great if you can get it, you know, and and I just don't know that that's going to be the case here, unfortunately. If they draft back into the top ten, you know, anywhere eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, we'll see what happens. Because uh, again, I think you know, ESPN, you guys have them their predictor to win eight games. You know, they could win at least seven games, go seven and ten this season. In the draft, is edge the number one priority in your mind, Stephen? I think it should be pretty high. You know, th- I just think that, you know, look at the the recent games that we've talked about where the, where the cornerbacks have been at issue. I agree they were at issue. But part of the problem and, and part of it that we haven't talked about enough is the pass rush just hasn't been consistent enough. They have had some, some very productive pass rush games. Uh, Sunday would be one of those, I thought. You know, they, they did get after Bryce Young a bit. But a lot of that was the Forrest Buckner. But but even beyond Sunday, they've had some games where they've got after the quarterback. What I would say, though, is they've taken advantage of some bad offensive lines. And everybody does that. I get it. But but there's just sometimes there are some moments when you just got to have it. You've got to have some pressure on big plays. And those are the plays that decide games, period. They absolutely decide games. And the Colts, they haven't gotten that pressure in those moments. Because the, the Forrest Buckner gets double teamed, and and then the other guys they don't win their one on ones, and and that's just you know that's going to happen. But those third downs, those third and longs, I mean, you've got to you don't have to get a sack, but you've got to affect the quarterback. And there have just been too many instances, I think, where they have not been able to do that. Uh, Samson Abukum has been, I think, good, not great. Um, I mean, his numbers are good. He's I know that uh, analytically he, he measures pretty well, but I, I think at those moments that I'm talking about, I mean, I haven't seen enough of him make those splash plays when they really got to have it, and that's kind of been my issue. Steven, last one for me, and again, Steven Holder, ESPN, with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Obviously, one of the bigger national news items from yesterday with a Colts tie on it would be Carson Wentz joining the Rams. Um, I find it a bit fitting that now he's backing up Matthew Stafford, and I think back to the 2021 offseason when, you know, at the time it was, you know, Stafford and Wentz as the two most popular talked about quarterbacks. Of course, uh, the Stafford trade to the Rams, the Wentz trade here to Indianapolis. What do you recall about that and any potential interest the Colts might have had in Matthew Stafford? So this is it's a very interesting. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective, but I love that point. That is so interesting. So here's here's what we know. I don't believe that Chris Ballard was was very intrigued by, by Matt Stafford. Um, I don't think he was a big Matt Stafford guy. Here's the interesting part, and maybe there's some revisionist history here. I don't know. But I'm just telling you what I, what I was told. I've heard in recent months that Frank Reich actually was very much in favor of getting Matt Stafford. Now... I have no idea that even if he could have convinced Chris Ballard to do it, I have no idea that the Colts could have put together a competitive offer when you compare what, what the Lions were able to do. You know, I just, I don't know. They were able to take Jared Goff, you know, back, and, and I think that was a big part of that. But, um, I, look, all I can tell you is I, I, the pecking order for Frank Reich, as it was told to me, that offseason was Matthew Stafford and then Carson Wentz. Hmm. And, and the other thing to, to note here is that when Chris Ballard went into that trade, into those trade talks uh, with the Eagles, you know, the, the question was always like, you know, how far do you go to get him? And, and I guess we'll never know what was truly happening behind the scenes there. I mean, there was talk the Bears were involved and all that. We'll never know the truth, I don't think. But I, the question will always be, did he go too far? I think I, I understood the trade at the time, and I know it's easy to, to rip it now. I understood it at the time. You know, they were taking a shot. I got it. But they did give up a lot, and that's true. And it, and it did hamstring them 
from from making a, a bigger move the following year, to be completely honest. Stephen Holder with us from ESPN.com on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Stephen, I want to get you out with this one. This is an odd two-parter. These have nothing to do with each other, but I wanted to just throw both your way because I want your thoughts. Uh, number one, how do they beat New England on Sunday uh, there in Germany? I'm all about operation. Get to 5-5, five and five, get the bye week, get some of these guys like Downs healthy, uh, and then a winnable game in back in Lucas Oil in a couple weeks against Tampa. And what did you make about the awkward position Shane Steichen was in to kind of hold up Jim Ursay when Jim Ursay was dancing oh, he was the Meek Mill. Hand. He, he was, was kind of holding, holding his hand. He was holding his hand, holding him up. It was a very uh, Shane was smiling, but he was in an awkward spot there for a few seconds. Sweaty palms. <laughs> well, I'll take that one first, frankly, because that's just too good. Uh, I it was like your grandma holding your hand really tight. You know, <laughs> when you were like you know twelve years old, you're like, Grandma, you don't got to hold my hand. Come on, man. Yeah. You know, it's like my grandma used to do that in the subway because she lived in. New York. She lived in Brooklyn. And you know, hold my hand in the subway. He's like, nope, people will push you in those tracks. And it's like, come on, man. Like, that's not going to happen. I'm a kid. No one's going to push me in the tracks. So, anyway, that was so stupid. I never, I could never understand that. I miss her, but like, what the hell was she talking about? Um, anyway, yeah, that was, that was bizarre. As a, as a lot of things tend to be, which is mercy. Uh, as far as the, uh, I, I, I completely forgot the other question. The Patriots. Oh. How do they beat the yes. crappy Patriots and Mac Jones? Yes. The real question, yes. Now, look, I think the, the way you beat the Patriots is you just prevent, you know, just keep everything in front of you and just, you know, don't let don't let uh, you know, Mac Jones somehow, some way, you know, make big plays. I, I think that's kind of what they did, you know, to, the, to some degree with, with Bryce Young the other day. And – you know, look, I mean, the Patriots, they don't have a lot of explosiveness. So, I mean, if you keep everything in front of you, you're going to have to make them go, you know, chip away at you and, and, and kind of go the hard way. I think that's what they'll do. And, and they'll probably try to run the ball. And we'll see. I mean, I, I don't, I haven't gotten a good look at the Patriots defense this year, but I, I mean, I do, I do, I do kind of uh, look forward to seeing what Bill Belichick does because you know one thing look they're not a great team but the one thing they still do is they they try to game plan specifically to the opponent and and they'll do that you know so i think they'll try to they'll probably try to prevent the run because they know that's that's where the colts are are strong and they'll probably try to force gardner Minshew to make some plays so we'll see which which battle of wins or wills i should say wins out and and that'll be sort of the the subplot I'm looking for in that game. Yeah, they are the second ranked run defense this season, so I would say that's the biggest 180 from last week in Carolina. And yeah. Carolina did a nice job, mm-hmm. obviously taking away the run. I think that's probably where the biggest concern lies heading into Sunday. All right, Stephen, we will uh, see you here in a bit up at uh, the Colts Complex. Thanks as always for the time, man. All right, see you guys. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Let's get some insight on what's going over there in Germany. Stacey Dale, uh, Stacey Dales joins us, NFL Network here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Stacey, it's a good morning for us, and I think it's a good afternoon for you. How are you? Hey, guys. Uh, guten Tag. Uh, I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. six hours uh, later than you, so it's about 3 o'clock here. But they seem to drink all day, so if, if it's 9 o'clock here, there's beer, and if it's 3 o'clock, there's beer, so go figure. Well, oh, that sounds great. And honestly, Gardner yeah. Minshew versus Mac Jones, you might need to dive into that a little bit earlier. Uh, the great Stacey Dales from NFL oh, Network, live from Frankfurt. Um, how's it been? I, I give us life in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, Compare it to any American city. This is all very new to us, so we appreciate any insight. 
Yeah, no, it's good to be with you guys. Like I said, I've been here since last week because we had the Dolphins Chiefs on Sunday, which ended up being a great game. Uh, the town, I would tell you, is uh, it's it's very similar in terms of shopping to a lot of our U.S. cities. It's very historic. I'm actually doing live shots right now with Jason McCordy on Good Morning Football, and we are in a part of town called Romerberg, and it's like super old, 700-year-old buildings. But the the nucleus of it, the genesis of the city, it's just shopping. I mean, you can literally walk to shop after shop, high-end, middle-end, low-end, and it's just endless Really good food. Um, you have your customary, you know, German staples, sausages, and all that stuff. But there's actually a ton of great Italian restaurants. You get a great European feel here. And I've been trying kind of a new spot every night when we're not working, and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's been awesome, actually. So I think if you're a Colts fan coming here, you're going to have a blast. You can walk all over the city, and there's a lot of historic landmarks. Stacey Dale's with us here on The Fan. Uh, the stadium's about 50000 which obviously is a lot less than most you know, big-time colleges or NFL. So how are the facilities there, the stadium, and everything else? Yeah, I thought it was interesting um, to go there because they have sort of an open-air concept, right? Um, Andy and Kevin, they... You know, it gets cool in there, but it's protected from rain should it rain. It's supposed to be a little bit colder on Sunday. The, the field that you're actually going to see on TV is it's a combo. So it's a little bit of artificial and it's a, and it's a little bit of grass. So it's a mixture. Hmm. When, I talk to, when I talk to kickers from both the Dolphins and the Chiefs this past weekend, uh, they said it wasn't too bad because they all had the seven studs in. So I think if you're prepared, uh, it shouldn't be an issue in terms of slippage. Uh, but generally speaking, it was a, it was a good facility. It was extremely loud. You mentioned 55,000. When you pack that many people into sure. this open air concept, it gets really, really, really almost noisy loud, uh, as if you were turning music up really noisily. So, uh, you should be prepared for that if you're a cold fan coming to the game and the beer's cold too. <laughs> Stacy nailed them. She's, sell, she's selling me. You don't, she have to sell, you don't have to sell me on the beer, Stacy. I'm already very jealous <laughs> that you're able, uh, what you've been able to do for the last week and a half or so. I'm very jealous. Very. Yeah. Well, Apple Wine. So Apple Wine is actually famous to Frankfurt. And so Jason McCordy and I did a little shtick on the show today. And we stopped at a little German restaurant. And they were just so lovely. And when we tasted the Apple Wine, I was like, this is cider beer. So that's what it tasted like. It tasted like cider beer, a nice, crisp, non-sweet cider beer. But, uh, you know, they got all the apartifs here in Germany. You want vodka, you can get vodka. You want (laughs) rum, you can get rum, and so on and so forth. Look at this. Stacey Dales just covering it all. The more you can do here uh, (laughs) with us from the NFL Network. Um, She'll be on the call. It'll be Rich Eisen, Jason McCourty, Sarah Walsh, and Stacey coming up on Sunday morning, 9.30 locally here on Fox. That'll be the simulcast from NFL Network, of course. Stacey, had you been to many uh, international games, whether in London or, uh, I guess, Munich last year? I did not go to Munich. I was in London two weeks last year. I've been to London throughout the years uh, several times, and I love that experience. This is something totally different, and I love it here in di- for different reasons. Okay. Uh, Can you expand more on that? Like, in, in what ways is, does it feel different? You know, I was fortunate to go to London in 2016, but I'm curious, you know, how Frankfurt is different for you. Well, if you don't have the Google Translate app, you better get it because – it's hard to understand uh, the language here. It's hard to even, you know, learn words and speak them back. Like, it's, it just is. Uh, most of the people here speak some, some English. Uh, a lot of it's broken English, which I respect because I don't know any German. Uh, but that's a challenge, I would say, the language aspect of it. But it's just different. It's, it, it's got a whole different look. The architecture's different. The one thing I'll tell you that's the same is, the world is rabid for NFL. I mean, the people here are nuts for the NFL, and there's quite a few Americans here. Um, this game will be interesting because, you know, there's a huge Patriots following here in Germany. They love the Patriots. Maybe Tom Brady had something to do with that, and so I, we'll see what kind of turnout we get. But uh, the other thing I would say is that the Colts aren't 
fully out of this thing yet. They're four and five. If they win this game, they're 500. Do they not have a bye next week, you guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bye and then Tampa Bay. So they could go five and five and they would have a winnable game after the bye week. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I don't know that they've played their best football, right? I'm actually, I wanted to ask you guys, like, what's the deal with Shaq Leonard? I know he's coming off the field on third downs and he's had all these injuries in the past, but we're super anxious to talk to Gus Bradley and figure out where that sits with their linebackers. And, you know, we anticipate Zaire would play this weekend because he was, I think, close last weekend. I don't know. But, um, you know, they can do a few things defensively if they're able to get that pressure with four. And then the running backs. Like, we haven't seen Jonathan Taylor play his best game yet. So, uh, this team is not out of it by any stretch. Yeah, the Shaq Leonard storyline, Stacey, has been very, very interesting. You know, last week without Zaire Franklin, the thought was, okay, his role would expand. And snap count-wise, it really didn't at all. They went with Saguna Luby, former undrafted free agent, and getting a bigger role uh, for Zaire Franklin instead of Shaq's. Role expanding, he doesn't seem too pleased with it. Seems like physically he's fine and that he can you know take on a bigger role. But the, obviously Gus Bradley has decided uh, to go in a different angle. And I guess I'm curious just in general to expand a little bit more on the Colts. You obviously, I believe that's one of the teams that you cover on a frequent basis, certainly seeing you around the facility and at training camp. Um, four and five on the year, like you said. You know This is an opportunity to head into the bye week with a little bit of, uh, of momentum and a two-game win streak. How have you kind of viewed a very uh, newsy Colts season from Anthony Richardson's injury to Jonathan Taylor's contract, Shaquille Leonard, and now you know an opportunity to get back to 500 uh, at the midway point in November? All that stuff you just said, incredibly impressed with Shane Steichen, period. I mean, for him to go through the contract situation slash injury that Jonathan Taylor was rehabbing and dealing with to losing a franchise quarterback in Anthony Richardson, uh, which... What I loved about from the jump that situation was we're going to start him and we're going to ride with him. And they did. And I, I respect that in Shane Steichen. He's like, I'm not going to sit this guy. We're going to start him. He's our franchise quarterback. He gets hurt. So Gardner Minshew comes in. Zach Moss is freaking balling like nobody's business. He's second right now in the NFL in rush yards. And all of a sudden, Jonathan Taylor comes back. So now if you're Shane Steichen, you're trying, you're trying to figure out Touches, who's going to get the ball? Well, we've got to give it to Jonathan Taylor, right? He got his deal. He got maybe not totally what he wanted, but he got he signed, um, and he's back, and he's playing. He has managed all of that, and they averaged 26 points a game. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, they, they have we, – we were talking about it earlier in one of our hits, um, J-Mac and I. Like, they have a nine-point increase from last year to this year. That is the biggest jump for any team in the NFL they have, and, and, and Jason said this on our last hit, like every single game they've averaged 20 or more points. That is the best in the NFL. No other team has done that. 20 plus points in every game this season. So I give a lot of credit to Shane Steichen for allowing this offense to continue to function without the franchise quarterback and the development of Anthony Richardson. And they're still in football games. I think it speaks to him going to the Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Uh, in that marriage with Jalen Hurts. Stacey Dale's with us here. NFL Network going to be on the call, the TV call there of the Colts and Patriots Sunday uh, local time here at 9.30. Okay, that's the Colts side. Uh, and Things are getting juicy with the Patriots. They're not winning. Uh, <laughs> Belichick was asked yesterday if he's coaching for his job. All the rumors that he could be fired mid-season. I'm sure McCourty's had a lot to say about that. What do you make of the other side of this game? And that's the the turmoil and, and, and quite frankly, Stacey, the losing going on in New England yeah it's wow it's just such a fascinating conversation because the last time Bill Belichick and the Patriots were two and seven was his first year as the head coach of the Patriots which was 2000 so 23 years later they have the same record that season back in 2000 they finished five and 11 I believe it was and so that's why you have I was just talking with a local you know Boston station who's here over in old, a part of Old Town uh, like an hour ago, and there's actually articles in the Globe in, in Boston that if the Patriots don't beat the Colts this weekend, he may lose his job. Now, I personally, that ain't going to happen. Okay, you're not going to do Bill Belichick that way. But it's kind of believed that if the season continues on this trajectory, 
you know, one would assume there would be a discussion about maybe him stepping down. Although I don't know that, uh, it's not a good record. There's a lot of pride when it comes to Jonathan and Robert Kraft. And they have a product to put on the field. Obviously, they haven't, they're on, you know, they're on a path right now to miss the playoffs three of their last four years since Tom Brady left. So there's a lot of, you know, that's a whole other sure. storyline. But they can't score. I mean, listen, Kendrick Bourne two weeks ago, or a week ago, tears his ACL. Like, who are you going to? You're having to rely upon Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke Elliott. There's just not a lot of talent on the perimeter with all due respect to those guys. They're averaging 15 points a game. To me, if the Colts don't come here and win this game, that's a big loss for the Colts. I agree. Yeah, it's one that's gonna they're they're gonna have to sit with too uh, going to the bye week. All right, last one for Stacy Dales. This is just me wondering, what jersey have you seen the most your time there over the last week week and a half or so? Is there a jersey that you think has popped up for any team uh, more than more than another one? Yeah, I would say. Probably the Chiefs because they were here. Okay, and then they had some so Mahomes. Yeah, I would say the Chiefs um, just because they were here and they won the Super Bowl last year. If you win the Super Bowl, you're you know the people in Europe think you're a god. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. yeah. But I was going, I was shopping like when I had it like an hour the other day, and I have to tell you, they had an entire there's an entire restaurant devoted to the Colts here. And then I was going through the Galleria, and there's an entire, like, model display of the New England Patriots. So, and it wasn't Mac Jones, just saying. <laughs> yeah, I would shocking. Have yeah, shocking On they would go one. with Tom Brady. All right, well, good deal. Stacey, we'll end with this. Uh, obviously, I think some people will recall your basketball career, playing five seasons in the WNBA. Uh, you got any memories of playing in uh, the city of Indianapolis, whether it's against the Fever or trying to think of – you know, you, you ever would have crossed paths here from a uh, college tournament standpoint, anything like that? Yeah, we lost because Tamika Catching played on the Fever. So, thanks. <laughs> and Fair she enough. heads to grab that cold beer, the crisp cider wine after a Ooh. comment like that. Apologies for that for that question. You brought yeah, up bad memories. I'm just going to go start drinking that. <laughs> to be fair, it is a long list of people that Tamika Catching's got the better of in her historic career. Exactly. No, I've always had fond memories. I actually love Indianapolis. I love doing games there. I love that you can walk everywhere. St. Elmo's is a treat every time. And uh, it's just such a great sports town. And I especially love it when we can come and all join up and do the combine together every year. It's just a great venue. And uh, I'm excited to see the Colts over here. I have not had a Colts game this season. I love the staff. And uh, I think better days are ahead. She is Stacy Dales, live from Frankfurt, Germany. Again, you'll hear her on the call coming up Sunday morning at 9.30. Stacy, I know the schedules are crazy with the time change and everything. Thanks so much for making time for us here, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon at a, at a Colts game stateside. Thank you guys for having me. Take care. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Appreciate Stephen Holder joining us, Stacey Dales joining us as well. If you miss any of that or our IU basketball conversation, catch it at the Podcast Center, 1075thefan.com or wherever you download your podcast. Well, let's get to Zach Kiefer from The Athletic. He was there uh, in Germany, so we can continue that conversation. Uh, the Colts and other things happening around the league. Zach, good morning, sir. Thanks for being flexible. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're fantastic. Uh, thank you for sure for joining us. You know, we had Stacy on, so we had a little bit of the lay of the land, but I was going to start our conversation asking you, you know, about the stadium, about the setup, and obviously uh, we got, I don't know, 21-14, and not a high-scoring game, but a close game between the Chiefs and Dolphins. How was your week over there in Germany? Yeah, it was an experience, and that's putting it mildly. I mean, it, it was like nothing I've experienced in the States, that's for sure. And I've covered, you know, the game in London four or five years ago, the Colts lost to the Jaguars, felt a lot more like the United States than this one. This one felt like a European soccer match. I'm not kidding. Now, the stadium was covered. For all the fans listening that are going, it was covered, but it was still like an outdoor game. So dress warm, because it was freezing. Like, we were freaking freezing because there's no press box at all. And so it's like outdoor press seating, which is fine. Nobody cares about that, right, except for the media. But we're like freezing, and some of the press members would go down to the press dining area to watch the game. It was so cold. Cannot say enough about the European fans. And by that, I mean it wasn't just German fans. People from all over came to the game. Now, since it was the Chiefs' home game, it was certainly like 65-30 Chiefs and then – a little bit of Dolphins fans and a little bit of just NFL fans. You're going to see a lot of random jerseys. But they brought it, man. They were getting hammered drunk. <laughs> there was cigarette smoke all over the stadium, which was new to me and not great. Um, and they, I mean, they certainly cheered more for the Chiefs because right. it was a Chiefs home game. And I believe this is a Patriots home game. But they were lively throughout. It was not quiet at any moment. And certainly... Um, it, it definitely felt like we were in Germany. It didn't feel like a game at Lucas Oil. That is hilarious. I, I remember back at uh, Wembley in 2016, just those random like bouts of cheering. I'm like, wait, where is that coming from? Why are they cheering? What am I missing here? It usually involved like a punt in the game uh, frequently back in 2016. Uh, what's Frankfurt like, Zach? I, I remember we had a caller back in May when the game was announced. Uh, they called us and were like, yeah, I lived over there for eight years. I compare it to Calgary and Foxborough. I'm like, well, I don't know if that's a ringing endorsement. Uh, so what was Frankfurt, Germany like? Yeah, anything compared to Foxborough is, is not going to be good <laughs> in my book. Foxborough is a, not a great place. Let's be honest. It's like an hour outside of Boston. Frankfurt was great. Now, it was certainly like more winter weather than it is here. I'm in Houston right now. It's like 90 degrees. So go figure. I think it's warm in Indy, too. Um, they've got this great little town square that's just very German. Just It just looks like a German postcard. That was great. Everybody was super, super nice. They were all super inquisitive. They could tell we were Americans. Like, why are you guys over here? And we would tell them. And some people had no idea there was an NFL game going. And some people were very, very into it. And they said, well, where are you from? And I told them, and, you know, blank stares, right? Indianapolis, like, where's that? And I would say, Peyton Manning? And a couple people would catch on to that, and I would say Indianapolis 500, and there was a couple people that would catch on to that. But um, it, it's a huge financial city. So, like, after Brexit in London, Frankfurt became essentially the financial hub of Europe. So that's a big deal there, but um, we had a blast. We just kind of bounced around the city, and it, it was just completely different than a lot of things you'd experience in America.
Zach Kiefer with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. As for the game, did you think Dolphins, they were there all week. The Chiefs got there on Thursday, much like Indy and New England are going to do this week. Do you think that had anything to do with the game? And then I'd piggyback. I like my big Daniels, but you know, whether it be the Bills, Eagles, or Chiefs, the Dolphins have beat up on a bunch of bad teams and they haven't beat anybody. What did you what do you make of that narrative as well attached to Miami? Yeah, that's kind of what my job was last week, was kind of right the Dolphin side. And, and Tyreek Hill, after the game, you know, he said, I feel like this is football's new rivalry. I'm going to have to push back, uh, back on that because it's not a rivalry. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, man. And I know they're not playing great on offense. They have a great defense right now. And, and the Dolphins, like you said, I, I watched them in Buffalo get stomped by the Bills. They couldn't beat the Eagles. And, and they haven't beaten a team with a winning record at the time of the game since week three of last year. So they have a great record. They put up a ton of points, but they haven't beaten a real one yet. So that's sort of the story with the Dolphins. Um, you know, I thought that, Andy, because when I came over, we felt like absolute misery. I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Like, everyone I talked to in the media was like, how you feeling? And I was like, terrible. And they were like, yeah, like the jet lag is real. So I thought the Dolphins made the smart move. It sounds like the Patriots are doing the same thing of spending three or four days there, basically an entire practice week. In Frankfurt, the Chiefs came over Friday, practiced once, and on the opening drive, went like eight for eight right down the field and scored a touchdown. So I was like, well, that didn't matter at all. Um, And look, these guys are professional athletes. They're in much better shape than I am. But um, I think the Dolphins did it right. If I was going over there and I was a head coach, I would get my guys on schedule in Germany because it was really hard. And granted, they're they're flying over there a little bit better than I am in terms of they're probably having those <laughs> right. like, pods you can sleep in. I don't know about you, KB, but I remember, I'll never forget, Anthony Costanza, when we went over there in 2016, the Colts practiced one time, and we asked him, how are you feeling after that long flight? And this is London. This is not as far of a flight as Germany. And he said, I feel like warmed over death. <laughs> and they played like it on that Sunday because they, they lost to a really bad Jaguars team. And, and it was sort of the story of their season. They couldn't win those games. So I like the whole week over here for the practice sake. But, again, the Chiefs won, and they were here for about 24 hours. Again, Zach Kiefer's with us. Obviously, his work at The Athletic, much more of a national picture and, I guess, international. Uh, last week, he was over in Frankfurt uh, for the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Uh, Zach, uh, I believe, I don't know if you had much interaction, but you did get a glimpse of uh, Colts legend Bjorn Werner at the game. Oh, KB, I got to tell you guys this. And I didn't want to tweet this because it was just mean, but he was having a blast. He's sort of like the international spokesman. They had him in Munich last year for that game, and now he's here. And he's he's on the PA, and he's on the, the video board throughout the game, just kind of revving the fan base up. Super nice guy, if you remember from his days with the Colts. But on the screen, it announces him, Bjorn Werner, Indianapolis Colts legend. And I'm just like... Because I'm a degenerate, I know that he had, I think, six and a half sacks in his entire career, oh, and he was a first-round pick, and it's it not relevant anymore. It's no, no need to, to bang on him. But Indianapolis Colts legend, I was lucky enough to be in the same stadium as one of the great yeah. pass rushers in Colts history. Well, they haven't had a Ring of Honor inductee yet here in 2023, so maybe they're holding out a hope for Bjorn. But yeah, to your point. No, ex- they got to get Trent Richardson in first. <laughs> Extremely nice guy, but certainly that career did not work out. Would you compare the stadium to anything? I'm trying to think of, you know, 50,000 is not big, obviously, compared to NFL stadiums. Um, Were you at that Chargers game that the Colts played out there in, I don't know, 2019, 2020, maybe? Didn't they play, like, in a soccer stadium at one point? That wasn't that wasn't similar at all because that was like a nice, small stadium. That was like a new MLS park. This is kind of an older stadium, right? This is the 98-year-old stadium that hosted the World Cup in the 1970s. And it's, it's not nice. Like, it's not nice in any way, but it has sort of that rustic, gross charm. Um, a little bit like the old, like the Speedway, you know, in Indy, but like not with the new improvements. So like, you know, the, the, in the bathrooms, it's just a bunch of troughs and yeah. God knows what else. And like, it wasn't nice. And they had a blast and they just, they just, kept going like there's you know how like I, I think in most nfl games it's like you know beers cut off after the third quarter like that was not a rule here that was not in effect um but we took the train on the way home after the game back to the hotel and the, they were just so nice they, they thought it was so cool that they got to see patrick mahomes and Tua play 
and they just loved every minute of it. But like you said, it certainly didn't have like a win-loss type feel to it. Everybody kind of won in Frankfurt because they got to get hammered and go to watch an NFL game. Zach Kiefer with us. Zach, I was uh, last one for me. I was interested uh, in in your reporting with the Blake Martinez story. For people that don't know, this was an above average linebacker who had in, had injuries, but essentially retired at 29, and now he's coming back. And he was he had a company where he was trading Pokemon cards. What exactly happened there? What did you learn, and what can you tell the listeners about that? Yeah, so part of my new job is essentially to find the weirdest stories in the NFL and then tell them. And you just kind of nailed it, Andy. Like, NFL player who was a good player, yeah. who was a Pro Bowl linebacker, retired at 28 to sell Pokemon cards. Like, what? <laughs> like, how? And he made a million, you know, he made a million dollars on a couple cards that he sold. Like, individual cards are worth that much money. His company he founded made $11 million in one year. At least that's what he told me. The story came out in July got a lot of attention. You know, he had built this company up to about 20 people and they were very popular on this app, Whatnot, which is basically a streaming platform where you can sell collectibles. Obviously, he was really, really big, the most popular one in the Pokemon space. But then about three months after the story came out, some Reddit users started complaining that they were basically uh, misleading customers. And I can make the real quick version essentially they do these breaks, they do these, these openings of these packs, and they would slip their hands off the camera, change the cards out, and put them back. So they would put less valuable cards on the camera. Gotcha. That's what the customers would receive, as opposed to the very, very valuable ones. And I know we're all probably rolling our eyes, right? It's just a Pokemon card. Dude, he bought one for $675,000 and sold it for over $2 million. What the So it's serious fuck? money. So <laughs> even on a smaller scale, if you slip one that's $40,000 off screen, those users are going to be pissed. And they were, and they brought it to WhatNot. WhatNot found enough evidence to permanently ban them wow. from the streaming platform. So his company was basically shuttered. And our guy in Charlotte yesterday, Joe Person, was kind of like, what happened? And... You know, Blake said, I had the itch. I wanted to come back. The The man I talked to in the summer was completely done with football, and he was really enjoying the fact that his company was taking off, but taking off under false pretenses and misleading customers possibly. So a really strange story from start to end. Zach, what are you doing in Houston? I'm hanging out with C.J. Stroud today. Oh, who I had a feeling you might say that. Might be the best rookie quarterback since – a guy in Indy about 10 or 11 years ago, maybe. I mean, statistically-wise, um, that's what the numbers say. But, yeah, he's, he's having a terrific start, so I'm going to spend a little bit of time with him today. He uh, strikes me as a pretty candid, confident individual, so I look forward to what you're able to get out of him with that. And uh, enjoy that. Uh, safe travels whenever you do get back to Indy, and uh, great stuff from Germany, man. Thanks, guys. Enjoy it.